Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I am your host, Shanitria, and I am back at you with another episode. I think I already said that. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, I am just here chatting with you guys about all things cannabis and parenthood and really just like trying to let people know that moms who smoke weed are not bad moms. You probably saw me rocking a t-shirt saying that on Instagram, on Blunt Blowing Mama's Instagram page. And if you have, then you know that I was kind of, well, you know what, before I get ahead of myself, let me just let you guys know a little bit about me. So my name is Shanitria. As I said before, I host this podcast, but I'm also a mom to two kids. I have a four-year-old daughter and an eight-and-a-half-month-old son who I actually consumed cannabis while I was pregnant with him. I'm currently breastfeeding him, and I've been consuming cannabis while breastfeeding him since he was like one month old and he's doing just fine. And the best part, I'm doing just fine. So I just want to spread the gospel that is cannabis (laughs) and let people know that Cannabis is not a drug. Cannabis is not bad for you. You just need to change your whole mindset about how you look at this plant. And I have a guest on the episode today who is basically doing just that. She's a boss. Her name is Lindsay. She's the CEO of Plain Jane. If you have not heard about Plain Jane, it's this really great line of products of CBD and hemp products that you can actually go online right now to triplanejane.com and order it and have it shipped to you. And it goes to most states and Canada. And yeah, you can get your little fix. (laughs) Try it out. I mean, there's nothing wrong with medicating yourself with plant medicine, especially if you're tired of using pharmaceuticals. But I'm not going to jump into all that. I'm going to say that for the interview and let you guys hear what Lindsay had to say for herself. What I'm going to do right now is smoke some weed with you guys. <laughs> so as you know, this is the part of the podcast where I basically sesh with y'all. I have one of my absolute fucking favorite strains that I'm about to chief on with y'all right now. And I have not. Like, no lie, I haven't smoked this strain in, like, a year. And I don't know why. I guess it's because, like, I've been, like, exploring and trying other strains. Then, you know, I was, like, pregnant, obviously. So I wasn't really smoking weed as much. Like, I was using cannabis, not but not as much as I usually do. So, you know, life happens, shit happens. Point is, I haven't had this strain in, in a while. We're reunited, and it feels so good. And I'm about to smoke it with y'all. It's called XJ13. And I believe... Some places like to say XJ13 is a sativa. Some people like to say it's a hybrid. I will say, you know, it just depends on you and your body chemistry and how it's set up and how it reacts for you. For me, it definitely hits me like a sativa and it keeps me alert. It keeps me creative. It keeps me buzzy. It keeps me going. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. It smells good. It's just basically all the things that you look for and a good strain of cannabis. This is like easily top five. One of my favorite strains. You guys know I'm obsessed with Jack Herrera. You know that I love lamb's bread. You also know that I love wedding cake. And XJ13 is right up there with those. Like XJ13 is and sour diesel. I love that one too. But XJ13, I would feel like it's like 
my third favorite or second favorite strain. Like it was one of the first strains I smoked when we moved to L.A. Because when me and Bay moved to L.A., we we're just like, let's try everything. They got so many different types of weed. Let's try it all. So we were just like going every time we go to the dispensary, every time we like bought flour, we got a different strain and we stumbled upon. He brought home. I think I didn't even pick it. He brought it home one day, XJ13. And I looked it up on Leafly, which, by the way, the Leafly app is so amazing. It has like all the well, not all, but a good chunk of the strains out there. It has like a breakdown of like, you know, how it's supposed to make you feel. Um, and then reviews from people who review it. And so actually 13 was pretty, you know, top rated and the effects were like uplifting and stuff like that. I was like, OK, that's what I'm looking for in a strain of flower. And I smoked it and I was like, yo, this is it. <laughs> and I became obsessed with XJ13. I feel like I was smoking it every day for like months. <laughs> like no lie it's just that fucking good so i'm really happy that i'm about to smoke it with y'all so i'm gonna shut the fuck up because i'm ready to hit this shit i got it in my bong i'm about to smoke it with you guys so you need to grab your joint your blunt your bong vape whatever you're smoking out of right now and such with me let's do this Oh my gosh. <sighs> it's like reuniting with an old friend. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you something about XJ13. <laughs> that strain is so fucking smooth. It hits so good. Oh my gosh. I feel great. <laughs> like I've been having a good day, good weekend. You know, everything's been going pretty, pretty chill for me. And I feel like smoking this strain is just like getting like a big hug from an old friend like in my head as I was like <laughs> pulling from my bong like in my head like reunited and it feels so good <laughs> I was like playing in my head <laughs> I bought this strain uh yesterday because I went by the dispensary to re-up I needed some more shit need some more stuff mustache and I saw xj13 I was like oh that one I need that one give it to me <laughs> and I brought it home and I don't smoke XJ13 and I mean I can um, but I prefer to smoke it during the day and so I was just like and when I went to the dispensary it was like I don't know like eight or nine o'clock at night so I was like I'm gonna smoke this tomorrow I can't fucking wait and so I just opened up the container and smoked it with you guys and I'm feeling I'm about to put some more weed back in. I don't normally do this. You know, usually I don't do this, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to smoke another bowl with you guys. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, I grinded up like a lot of weed and I, I'm pretty sure I knew what I was doing. I did that shit on purpose. I, I want to I want another hit. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. When you meet an old friend, you know how y'all get caught up and y'all start talking and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just going to be like a, a one hour lunch and I got to go back to work or something. And then y'all start kicking it and catching up and talking and shit. And then next thing you know, one hour lunch turned into a two hour lunch. 
So that's basically what's happening with me in XJ13. Like, I'm meeting up with her. She's an old friend. I was like, okay, we're just going to kick it. And now it's a two-hour lunch, and I'm about to lose my job. <laughs> my boss, like, texting me, where you at? And, All right, that's that went on too long. <laughs> Anywho, so I have put some more weed in the bong. <laughs> and I'm about to light up again. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Because that was really fucking good. And I feel good, but I want more. I'm greedy. And she's an old friend. Like I said, I missed her. So cheers. Light yourself up again. Or maybe you never stopped. <laughs> Nice. Oh my. Oh me. Oh my. (laughs) Yeah, that part. That part for real. Okay, so um, that was worth it. <laughs> I have to say um, the reviews are in XJ13. It's still hitting like it was when I first smoked it. You know how like you try something like when you first start having sex, right? And like you're like, oh, man, that person was like the best I ever had. Like made me come so hard. <laughs> And then, like, you, you know, get more experience, you know, have a couple more sexual partners, watch a a few more pornos, you know what I'm saying? You you start to learn shit, you know, fuck with a few sex toys. You become experienced, you know? You become a veteran. Then you revisit that old dick that you had, and you'd be like, "Mm, that shit wasn't even hitting like that, but it's because you were inexperienced. So what I'm saying is, I'm saying all that because I feel like I started smoking XJ13 when I first moved here to LA, which was like, I don't know, like almost three years ago, two and a half years ago or so. And I was enamored with it. I was like, oh, this is the best strain. This is the best weed I've ever had in my life. (laughs) But now I'm like, I'm smoking it again. You know, I've been in LA for quite some time now and I'm still saying it's top three. I feel so fucking good right now. I'm so happy. I'm so lifted. I'm ready to like take on the world. Like I feel like I can like go. I don't know. I can go for like a run. I'm not though. But <laughs> like I feel ready. I feel happy. You know, ready to take on the day essentially. So, anyways, I was talking to you guys before I started smoking this awesome ass strain and got really high. That um, I am selling merch. Yes, you heard that right. Blunt Blunt Mama's selling merch. I got t-shirts, tote bags, and a sweatshirt for you guys. And I think a tank top as well, you know, for folks where it's not like fucking freezing yet. If you're on the East Coast, then you're like, bitch, t-shirt what? In October? (laughs) Which I totally get. So you might need that sweatshirt. And I'm getting the sweatshirt too. I I have to wear it. It's like, so I have like the logo merch, which all has like the Blunt Blunt Mama logo on. And so I have t-shirts and tote bags and sweatshirts a sweatshirt 
that comes in. The sweatshirt comes in black, gray, and white. And they have the blue Blunt Blowing Mama logo on it. It's so dope, y'all. Like, go out. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to wear it. And then I also have the a tote and a t-shirt that says moms who smoke weed are not bad moms. Oh my fucking God. I love this t-shirt. I have it in white. The tote bag is dope as well. And so I wore the t-shirt yesterday. Well, this weekend and I wore it out and I was thinking like, I'm going to get a lot of stares. Like I'm really like putting myself out there. Like, you know, this is definitely going to be a conversation starter. And quite the opposite. Like, first of all, nobody was really checking for me. So I don't know why I thought that people would give a fuck. (laughs) But the people who did, like, take the time to actually read my shirt, they were just like, oh, my gosh, I love your shirt. Oh, my gosh, I should get that from my mom. Oh, I love And like, or some people would just like give me like a nod, kind of like in solidarity sort of thing. I was just like, what? Oh, my gosh. And so I felt so lit. And now I feel like I'm just going to be wearing that T-shirt everywhere I go. (laughs) I probably should have bought two (laughs) I should have got two of them because like I've already worn it like twice and I'm just like oh my god I want to wear it again like I just want to keep putting out there in front of people that like women especially moms who smoke weed like they're not bad moms you're not a bad person like and just also just putting out there I smoke weed and I'm a mom you know like just putting it out there in your face while also making a statement and hopefully changing some minds and starting some conversations like there's so many ways to like make a stance and to take somebody's side and to stand up for people who need you know support and you don't have to be a mom like I would love seeing a guy in that shirt you know I would love seeing a woman who's not a mom in that shirt just to show support and just to put it out there that this is a thing and it's gonna be normal really soon and so putting you on notice (laughs) there's so many ways that you can kind of show support and that's definitely you know getting a t-shirt is one of those ways so if you click the link and the bio of Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page, so you go to Blunt Boy Mama um, at Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram and click the link and the bio and you will be able to buy Blunt Boy Mama merch. And that merch is definitely going to be available, but only for a limited time. Sorry, I'm not going <laughs> to keep it up forever. I One, because like I have other ideas and two, I just kind of want to see like, are you guys interested? Do you actually want to buy Blunt Boy Mama merch? You know, is it something I should be putting my time and energy in, like away from the podcast? So, I, you know, I have like a handful of items available for you guys to purchase. Like I said, you go to Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page at Blunt Boy Mama and click the link in the bio. And then it, you click on the another link that says buy Blunt Boy Mama merch and you'll go to a page and you'll see everything that's available. I tried to keep the prices as affordable as possible. So nothing costs more than $35. And I think like one of the totes is like $19.99. So it's super, I'm not, ain't nobody trying to spend a lot of money on some shirts and shit. I know, I, I understand y'all got kids, you got bills, you got responsibilities. Trust me, I get it. I too have bills and responsibilities. And I was like, okay, well, how much would I realistically pay for this shirt? You know, like just looking at it, you know, I priced everything at a reasonable price. I hope that you guys enjoy it. Get one for yourself, get a shirt, get a sweatshirt, get something for a friend. The sweatshirts are unisex. So it's for the fellas too. If you want to rep, you know what I'm saying? And I would love if you do decide to, you know, cop something which I hope you will share it with me like share it on and share it with me share it on 
Instagram or Twitter and use hashtag BBM merch. Oh my gosh, I love that so much because I want to see like I, I want to see other people like out here like in these streets, <laughs> you know, spreading the blunt blowing mama gospel supporting blunt boy mama but also just supporting moms everywhere who use cannabis and are good as fucking parents you know support yourself <laughs> also great gifts you know i would love if somebody would give me one like if whatever let me y'all know what i'm saying so check it out i hope you like it i thought it would be fun and you guys would love it i love it so yeah it's something that's what's happening also yeah <laughs> oh i'm high all right recalibrating (laughs) yeah that's pretty much all that i'm going to talk about because wow i am going on and on with (laughs) y'all i really want y'all to hear this interview it's really good and worth your attention (laughs) i'm childish anyways yeah definitely check it out and i hope you like it Welcome back, guys, to Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I am joining you guys here with a special guest. She is doing really incredible things that you guys need to know about. And I didn't even really know about everything that she was doing until I spoke with her. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you have to be on the podcast. Like, you're incredible. Women need to hear from you. So um, I'm just going to shut up and and let her introduce herself. Okay, thank you. Uh, That's very sweet of you. My name is Lindsay. I am the CEO of a hemp flower company called Plain Jane. We actually started selling hemp cigarettes and then we kind of expanded into all sorts of hemp flower products. And I mean, the best part about your products, I think, I mean, there are a lot of good things about your products, but one of the best parts is the price point. And I mean, if you could just kind of uh, explain to people, you know, how Plain Jane came about and why the prices are, they're low, guys. They're pretty, (laughs) they're pretty low. And you'll probably be like, "Uh, no, this can't be real. Yeah, actually, you know what? We've gotten that question a lot. People will literally email us and be like, hey, like I'm on your website. There's no way you could be selling like $2 a gram for this. Like what's going on? Is this fake weed? And I'm like, well, fake hemp. And I'm like, no, like you're just being overcharged everywhere else. So, you know, when people say they like fell into something, I hate when people say that because I'm like, okay, no one just falls into it. But it's almost like I fell into this. I used to work in healthcare policy back for my legislators in Maryland a few years ago. And I started having some stomach issues. And a friend of mine was out in LA working for a CBD company and he gave me some CBD and it really helped my stomach problems. So I started going into the dispensaries in Maryland. Um, It's medicinally legal for weed. So I was getting these like really high CBD strains. I didn't really want to smoke weed. I just wanted the CBD. But if I were to buy like CBD oil, it was $200 or something like that um, from like a company like Charlotte's Web. So I was spending $60 on three and a half grams of weed, an eighth of weed, just to get the medicinal purpose of this CBD. And I was doing some research online, and I think it was a Leafly article. I can't remember which article, but it was basically talking about how overpriced hemp is in the industry and how cheap it is to actually grow and how much people are being charged for it. So I kind of convinced two of my friends to start this CBD company with me, and they actually started it before me. They moved out to Oregon before me on a hemp farm, and yeah, we've been doing it for about a year now. 
That's so awesome. I mean, for people who aren't in states where cannabis is uh, legal, they don't know that like you're getting charged out the ass for these products in the dispensary is like an eighth is no lie, like $60, like you said, or $45 or $80 if it's top shelf or something, you know, and it's just like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I feel like weed costs more now that it's legal. Right. So for weed, I mean, everyone knows, like I have friends that sell weed and it's like, if you get it in the, the black market, it's like 40 bucks for an eighth. If you get it in the dispensary, it's like 60 something, even for like shake. And that's mm-hmm. really just because regulations have made it so expensive. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all for regulations. I think we should regulate products, make sure that you're getting it in a healthy way. But the regulations that they put on this industry is crazy. And hemp right now and in the past year, we're kind of in that gray area, like on the forefront of prohibition, where we don't have the same regulations. So it is a lot cheaper for us to produce and to sell this to consumers. And I mean, everyone's just getting taken advantage of in the market. And it's really wild to me that these companies are doing this because I know how much it actually costs to grow and to sell this. So how much does it actually cost to grow and sell? <laughs> so, so let's so we sell a 20 count of hemp cigarettes for about 12.99. Everyone's like that's way more expensive than tobacco, but I mean it's really not that much more expensive than tobacco. Um you can see like 6 to 8 dollars for a pack of regular cigarettes. Hemp is more expensive than tobacco to grow, but that is because the seeds are more expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow a pound of hemp, it probably costs anywhere from like 20 to 50 dollars to grow and a lot of these people are selling it for like four thousand dollars five thousand dollars a pound it's just really it's it's really really crazy so we started with the cigarettes and you know i just wanted to make it affordable for people and then we started selling the flour and that's where i kind of realized we were solving a problem like the flour is really where we were solving a problem people were selling it for like seven to ten dollars a gram and we were like, no, like, let's charge $2 a gram. Like, we still turn a profit on it. We can still help these people. And honestly, even where we are in Oregon, because we're out in Southern Oregon, you can buy regular weed for $2 a gram here. It's crazy. There's so much weed out here that you can just go into a dispensary and buy any type of weed for $2 a gram. Not in L.A. <laughs> no, definitely not in L.A. No, it's crazy. People just really like to spend money in L.A., I guess. But yeah, in Oregon... Um, And that's what's so special about our brand is that we are mostly e-commerce focused. So a lot of the people that try to get into the dispensaries, they have to do a markup. And I'm learning a lot about how to price your product and manufacturing. I did like mostly public policy before this, um, nothing consumer based. So I'm learning a lot about like you have to market up, you know, four and a half times to make profit if you're going to go into a distributor because everyone's trying to get their hands on it. And wow. these distributors can be ruthless. They're like, you know, I want to make basically more than I'm making on my product just to have it sit in their store. Hmm. Wow. I didn't, I'm like learning something right now. I had yeah, no and idea. It's not just you've got like a broker and then a distributor and then the retailer and then like 25 people in between not really providing that much value. And they're all taking a piece of your, like the price of the product. And it's like, no, like, I mean, this is why Amazon is doing so well. Cause it's really basically just e-commerce. Let's cut out all of the middlemen, all the retail, all the distributors and, you know, give people what the price actually is for it. Right. I mean, it makes sense, right? You know, these dispensaries, especially if you're somewhere like, for instance, here in LA, if you're like on Santa Monica Boulevard and West Hollywood, maybe they actually have that store. The lease is probably insane, right? And then you oh have God, a staff imagine. and everything. So I can understand that, but I feel like marking it up that much is like, okay, guys, like 
Is it a little like I know your lease, your rent isn't that much. <laughs> your overhead isn't that much to operate the dispensary. So it's like, why are these prices so high? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what's really crazy is a lot of stores like we're currently trying to get into C stores like your 7-Eleven, like right next to regular cigarettes. Mm-hmm. For a lot of these stores, they don't even care about the quality of the product. They care about the price point that they're going to get so they can make money. Wow. I mean, right. That's why they sell chips and soda and all of these things that they can make a lot of money on without caring about, you know, what they're actually providing to society. Yeah. Wow. My mind was just like blown. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, you go in and you try to buy an apple, right? You go into a 7 Eleven and nothing against 7 Eleven. I love 7 Eleven. I go in there all the time. But like any corner store, you go in and you buy an apple and it's like a dollar yeah. or a dollar fifty or even two dollars. And you can get like a Slurpee and a bag of chips and like all of these caloric things for like next to nothing. So I think it's just they care so much about money and not necessarily about what they're providing. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense as a business at the end of the day. It's about making money. It's about being profitable so that you can continue and stay in business. So I totally understand that. Just a little bit about like who's playing Jane's audience? Like who are you targeting? And why hemp? Why CBD? Yeah, so I used to smoke weed probably from the time I was like 14 to 20. And then I kind of just fell off from smoking weed and I like almost had this like negative view of it. Like, oh, like I'm not I don't want to be a stoner. I don't want to touch that stuff. And then when I was 25 and I actually needed it for medicinal purposes, my whole view of weed changed. My whole view of hemp changed. I was like, this is something that I actually need. It helps my body. It's good for me. It's natural. It's better than all these pharmaceutical drugs that I'm on. And I was like, wow, as a female, a lot of my internal problems were stress induced. And these products were helping like relieve some of that stress and like calm my body down. And that just changed my entire view of how we see traditional cannabis in the industry. And I come from a healthcare policy background. I deal with like the pharmaceutical industries and all of that. And I was like, wow, like this should really be something that should be available to absolutely everybody. And it shouldn't be crazy expensive. So my audience is everybody. A lot of these companies cater to people that are in like the wealthier tax brackets that can spend $150 on a bottle of oil for a month. That's not who I'm going after. I'm going after like the regular person that really, truly, genuinely needs CBD and needs it affordably, which is basically most people. I mean, not everyone, a lot of people out there can't afford $150 a month for a bottle of oil. Um, So we sell to, I mean, it's not just gender focused. I sell to men, to women, to anybody, anyone that wants it affordably. But what we've seen is we really target traditional tobacco smokers for the cigarette side. So we're trying to get people off of tobacco and I guess vaping, which I don't have anything against vaping, but you know, you can get really addicted to nicotine, even vaping still. So we're trying to get smokers to use our cigarettes. And then the people that use the hemp, it's really for people that are trying to like fix some of their ailments which I can't say from the FDA that we do anything in particular, but a lot of people use it for stress or autoimmune diseases or anxiety or taking a tolerance break from traditional cannabis. Mm-hmm. And when you say like your cigarettes that you sell, what exactly is in the cigarette so people aren't confused? Oh, yeah. So it's just 100% hemp, CBD hemp. So it's legal in almost every state. We sell it directly to their houses. So you can go online and order it and we'll ship it out to you within two to three days. There's no tobacco in it. There's less than 0.3% THC. So I get a lot of questions about like, am I going to fail a drug test? And we always tell people 
that they should be really careful using any CBD product because nearly no one can tell you that you won't fail a drug test using a CBD product, even the isolate based ones, which are safer. I mean, you just don't really want to chance that. But yeah. Yeah, because it'll be like 0.003% THC, but that could be enough to, I don't know what kind of drug test you're being. Exactly, exactly. It could be like a hair test. You could have just been around it. You could have smoked like 20 in a row and then it like accumulates in your system, accumulates in your system. You just don't know. But no, it is legal. You're not going to feel a head high with it. There's no THC really in it and there's no tobacco in it. It's just 100% hemp from the plant. There are no other additives in it. And then we sell the flour too, like the actual buds that you can grind up and put in a bowl or in a blunt or whatever you want to put it in. Right. And just really quickly about, I believe we were talking about the terpenes and that you take the terpenes out of the cigarettes, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's like the one, that was our original product and where we got the name Plain Jane. So my two co-founders, they were fraternity brothers at MIT and they used to grow weed in the fraternity of their basement. And their fraternity brothers used to get really mad at them because the house would smell like weed. So they used to cure it to take out the terpenes to make it not smell like weed in the house. Um, And we actually brought that process over because with something like CBD, people aren't necessarily like smoking it for the smell and all of those other things. They're smoking it for just the medicinal effects. And if they want to go out on like a smoke break and say you're in a state like, you know, Mississippi or where law enforcement is still really uneducated and there's still a lot of stigma around traditional cannabis use, um, people can feel comfortable just going outside and smoking something that has CBD in it, but smells just like a regular cigarette. Right. So it's more no one will be the wiser. It's so pedestrian. It'll just be like, oh, okay, you're having a smoke break of a cigarette and no one will harass you about it. Exactly. And, and, you know, to take the terpenes out, it does make it a bit drier and it tastes just like you're smoking a cigarette. So we also have the full flavor ones where if you actually enjoy, you know, smoking a blunt and you enjoy the taste of cannabis and you don't care if you're in California, and you don't care about the smell. We have that, too. So we have like two different options for all people. That's awesome. I just think that's so smart because there are so many people who are in illegal states and who want to consume, but are, you know, the smell is the first thing that'll give you away. And it's the first thing that people will notice. And it'll get you clocked by, you know, your boss. If you're trying to smoke one during your lunch break or something, then you could get in trouble. You know, you could lose your job. Or if you're smoking it in your car and maybe you get pulled over by a cop and it smells like weed, then you're, you know, that's your ass. So it's like for it to be so inconspicuous in that way where it's like it's in plain sight but you wouldn't know you know you wouldn't be the wiser I think it's so smart and it makes it that more and that's actually happened that someone has gotten a a lot of people actually we've had a customer for that called us and that was like I had so we send out these little inserts in every package and other companies do this too with test results and a letter to law enforcement stating that like this is 100% legal under the farm bill that passed in 2018 But they still, because law enforcement is so uneducated still, and they're so quick to just arrest people sometimes, people have gotten arrested using a completely legal product. And this is someone's life at stake. This could ruin someone's life. Right. Yeah. I mean, for so many reasons, like you get arrested and miss work and lose your job, you know, you you get arrested and like not be able to like care for your family or kids or whoever. And that, you know, it's real life consequences law enforcement picking you up for doing something that they think in their minds is illegal, which is consuming cannabis, which 
I mean, I don't know how we'll get to a point where the conversations around cannabis will change with law enforcement because, you know, that's definitely has to happen. That education needs to be there. But I think that it's great that you guys are thinking about that in a way to protect the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's what it's for. I mean, we really just want people to be able to use this and have access to it and be comfortable using it because it is a truly great drug for a lot of people or a great product. I won't say drug, but people really need this and they use it every single day. What if people told you like since, you know, you've launched, people have been buying, like what's like the feedback you've been getting from your consumers and I guess fans of the brand? So every single day, like I could never work for a company where I didn't feel like I was making a difference in people's lives. I mean, I just wouldn't be able to keep going because I think that your life has to have a meaning. And for me, I went from like public policy, like I wanted to get people healthcare and literally always helping people. I wouldn't be able to work for a tobacco company, say like something where I felt like I wasn't helping people. And every single day we just get feedback that's like, oh my God, your product is literally changing my life. It helps me quit smoking. It helps me with like my restless leg syndrome. It helps me with my chronic pain or my fibromyalgia or my stress or my anxiety. I have people that tell me that I'm changing their life. And these are people that can't afford to spend $30 a week or $100 a week on a product that's actually helping them. So for me, it's really crazy because it's like, wow, like this is what keeps me going. You know, when I work these long hours every single day is the fact that I'm genuinely helping people. And I can't say the case for everyone else in this industry because this industry, it's new and everyone sees like the money in it and they just are trying to jump in and make a ton of money. And that's not what we're in it for. We're in it to actually help people. I love that. And I think that's what it should be about because... You know, education is one part of it. And once people have that education and have that knowledge, then they're able to do things to take care of themselves that they didn't think was possible, you know, and there's so many different ways to take care of yourself. And it doesn't have to just be a pharmaceutical drug that is your only solution or answer to, you know, a lot of the things that like your body can experience as ailments or as issues. You can have cramps or you could have, you know, like you said, chronic pain or something. And it's like, you don't have to reach for a pharmaceutical drug. But first you have to... Or pay or pay for a pharmaceutical because I mean... That industry is, in our healthcare industry in general, these doctors, I mean, it just blows my mind. They just push these pharmaceutical drugs or like antidepressant. I can't tell you how many times I went to a doctor and they were like, oh, well, let me just give you an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety pill without ever exploring or allowing something different. It really makes you question (laughs) the medical community (laughs) in a way because it's just like, are you really trying to help me or are you just trying to meet your bottom line and like help? these companies, they're pharmaceutical reps, right? Who come to these doctors and and give them these products and say, you know, and they give the doctors a lunch and they butter them up and they're like, hey, push this product to your customer, not your patient. Right. I mean, they give it to them for free. And then we see all of these articles online or all these paid advertisements online. That's like, Oh, do mm-hmm. you have this? Whatever mm-hmm. is this wrong with you? Ask mm-hmm. your doctor about this because we've already, already given it to them for yeah. free, <laughs> and they'll give it. To- yeah, it's crazy. So we, I really want it to be an alternative, and I'm not putting down pharmaceutical because I think 
I would never tell anyone to completely get off their pharmaceutical drugs. I take pharmaceuticals. They work really well with me taking CBD too. And even I go to a holistic doctor who like I'm actually might be providing them with CBD for their clients. But they're like, yeah, like CBD works well. This works well. But it's like they won't even allow you to try it. Like marijuana in general, I think is great for a lot of things, not just CBD, but especially as women, like we're constantly overworked and stressed out and we have anxiety and depression from all the pressures that life puts on us and that we put on ourselves. And like this is a drug that's like made to just like calm you down and help your system. And we view it with this like negative light, like, oh, you're a stoner if you do that. And I guess for you, because you said that before, when you were younger, you kind of bought into those stereotypes and stigmas around like, you know, being a stoner is bad and weed is bad for you. Like, where did that messaging come from and how did you overcome it? I know you said eventually you became a, a patient and that kind of helped. Like, where did that messaging, initial messaging come from for you? Mostly from the legal system. It's like, okay, well, this is illegal. Like, this must be bad, right? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, it was like up there with heroin. It's like, okay, it's illegal. You can get pulled over. You can get arrested for this, which that's like a whole nother issue with our justice system and people that have been arrested for smoking or dealing marijuana. There's so many issues with that. But basically, the fact that it was illegal and it was viewed as like something as bad as heroin or another drug. I was like, okay, well, if it's illegal, like, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Like, I don't want to be bad. You know, it must be, it must be a bad drug, right? Like, why would, why would they make it illegal if it wasn't something so bad for you? You hit the nail right on the head. And I think that so many people have, it's hard to admit, right? But it's like, I don't want to be a bad person. I don't want to be a bad citizen. I'm a good person. I want to follow the law. And if this is illegal, then it's bad. I'm not going to do it because that means I'm breaking the law. I don't want to break the law and I don't want to get in trouble. It's that simple. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of the reason. And then people actually have been arrested and are languishing in prisons for like, something that is really not that bad and really helps so many people. So I think, you know, then you see people that have actually gotten in trouble or lost their jobs or something else for this. And you're like, really, like, I don't want that to happen to me. So it's just the whole stigma around it. And even now that something like CBD is legal, you know, if you talk about it in front of certain people, and they're not educated on what it is, they look at you like, what are you like a drug dealer? Like you're selling drugs. And it's like, no, like, we really need to break that stigma. Because this really does help. Absolutely. And speaking on the stigma and like, it's a good time to pivot. As a woman, you know, who works in the cannabis industry, like, did you face any stigmas initially, especially being, you know, a consumer yourself? Like, what was that like for you? And how have you been able or if you have it all, how have you been able to, you know, overcome that that stigma? When I originally started in the industry, now there is sexism in every single industry. I'm used to like small things that people say that it's just because you're a woman, right? Like they'll just say small things, small jabs. Um, And it happened early on where people would be like, oh, well, let me talk to the owner. And I'm like, no, like I'm the owner. You can talk to me (laughs) where people I didn't believe I was the owner or like didn't trust my judgment or like made me talk to like, you know, their wife as their secretary instead of talking directly to them. Um, So it took me a while to really gain, I think, respect of other people And when they started seeing, you know, that I was smart and that I was making good decisions and that I was making them money. And I think money is a key thing in NB industry. It's like, okay, she is making me money. I'm going to respect her. As soon as they started seeing dollar signs, it was like, 
okay, I'm going to stop having all of these assumptions about her because money speaks every gender, every ethnicity, everything you can think of. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> in in the beginning, it was, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I work with all men. I mean, I'm at my facility now and almost all my employees are men. Every Almost everyone in the entire complex are men. And I mean, they're farmers. I work with all farmers. So it's like I'm always one of the only women in the industry. But I, you know, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm like, hey, we're going to make money together. Like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a good price. Like, this is how we're going to do it. So it took me a while to just be comfortable, like with who I am and to gain everyone's respect. And I think that you're right. Like at the end of the day, when it comes down to making money, like green is the only thing that people are going to get care about and cash rules everything (laughs) it's so true they don't care you know they don't care about anything if you're making them money but you have to show them first so it's almost like I had it's almost like as a woman you have to prove yourself you know twice or three times or whatever over and especially as a woman of color right I'm not but I can imagine like I can't even imagine you've got to prove yourself even more than anyone else because there are all of these like assumptions about you and it's like I shouldn't have to prove myself twice, but I do. And then once I eventually get there, then it's like, okay, they trust me now. They call me now. They let me make the decisions now. Right, right. And so I guess what advice do you have for, you know, any woman who's considering entering the cannabis industry? Obviously, business is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. But are there any specific challenges within the cannabis industry that you can kind of say like, hey, like this is going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. I mean, I think that there are two different types of women in this industry, and I think class really plays into it. There are some women that have a lot of money that get into this industry and they have these like luxury, you know, like CBD makeup product lines and like these like luxury CBD oil lines. And I think that for them, I don't know if they see as much sexism or if they they have the same issues. And then you have, you know, people like me. And even my partner, he's a guy, but we started out, you know, bootstrapping the company and we didn't have as much money and we were cash poor all the time. So everything was more expensive and there were always more problems and we didn't have access to capital. So for women that are trying to become entrepreneurs that don't have that access to capital and aren't born wealthy and don't have all of these upper hands, it's going to be a lot harder. And I mean, that goes for men too, that don't have access to capital. You have to give up everything. You literally have to give up everything and work so hard to give yourself an upper hand over people that can just come in and drop a million dollars and have everyone do everything for them. You know, we moved into an RV and there were three of us in an RV on this farm and we were handling customer service and trimming weed at midnight and like working 12, 16, 20 hour days until we had enough money to hire people. And it's emotionally draining. Um, It's exhilarating, but also There's times where you won't see your family, you won't see your friends, you won't see your partner, you have to have a partner that would even, you know, as women, it's already hard enough to find a partner that is really accepting of like being ambitious and your goals and all of your aspirations, but giving up everything and being a female entrepreneur, it's like, wow, like you really have to find someone that would be willing to just basically put you first and handle everything. While you have no money. (laughs) While while you have no money. Yeah, like the money thing. So we talk a lot about, you know, being a woman, but you also have to think about the money aspect because there are so many women in this industry that have that upper hand and they're like, oh yeah, this is like a pet project. I have access to this money. I'll just like start this line. And it's like, okay, that's great. But for some of us, we have to hustle. And I think hustle is the word. It is 
such a hustle. And we've been at it for a year and we're successful, but it is still a hustle every single day. It's like you have to run when other people can just walk because you don't have that upper hand. Oh my gosh. You just put that so like, you're like speaking the story of like my life right now. (laughs) I'm sure you go through. Yeah. Like it's crazy because so oftentimes we talk about sexism in the industry or even racism or anything, but we don't talk about money. That is a huge divider for a lot of things. It is just crazy because if you have money, it makes everything easier. And I'm not saying it's an equalizer of any sort, but just having Being a woman with money is a lot different than being a woman without money. Oh, my gosh. You better say it. You better preach it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the experiences, like you said, aren't the same. I've talked to some women in in the cannabis industry and been like, you know, what advice do you have to other women? You know, like, how can they, you know, really improve and like make things better? And they'll just like, oh, I mean, it's just all about your connections. And and I'm just like, okay, No, this actually, I was so upset. So I did an article for someone in Thrive magazine, just talking about, I think it was like five business lessons I learned as like working in the cannabis industry. And I was reading a lot of other people. I wanted to know like how they got through it and their stories. And there was this like one woman in particular, I think it was a group of two women. And they wrote in the article about their connections and how it's really important to help other women. And I reached out to them on LinkedIn. And you know what I heard? Absolutely nothing from them. (laughs) Absolutely nothing because I can do nothing for them because they have a high end luxury line. So they are going, you know, maybe they're busy and things get lost. But I will tell you, people reach out to me on Instagram. I don't care who you are. I will be willing to take five minutes to help you, especially if you have no connections and money, because I know how hard it is. And you just need someone to believe in you and be like, you can do this. If you don't have anyone else that can do that, I will be happy to take my five minutes and do that for you. But it's the people that have the connections that won't take five minutes to do it. And that's the part that's the most frustrating, especially for newbie entrepreneurs who are just getting started out. You know, you don't have much money and you maybe don't even have that much time. And it's just like seeking mentorship is kind of everything. If you don't have money, you you need someone to kind of just say, okay, do that. Don't do that. I went through this and it was a horrible idea. So maybe not do And even getting mentorship can be hard sometimes. And so it's just like a lot of women, they say, oh, we're inclusive and I love helping other women and sisterhood. And And it's all BS because it's like, well, what can you do for me? If you can't do anything for me, then like, I don't need to connect with you. And it's like, that is, it should be the opposite. You should be helping people that can do nothing for you because they don't have anyone else. And you know what? The mentors that we have had in this industry are all white men. And I don't know that they would have invested in me if I didn't have a male counterpart. So I I wouldn't know what it was like if I were just solely a female in this industry with no money. Like, would I have those same men investing in me and like helping me try to figure out the system? I don't know. I don't know what that's like. And I've been fortunate. I've been really fortunate to have them, you know, because they've given us like net terms with flour and like given us things when we really needed it. We don't have investors in the traditional sense, but we have people that are like, let me help you out because they see our potential. But I just don't know if that would have been the case if it were me alone and I didn't have a male counterpart. Right. And sometimes it takes 
Men, sometimes you need to co-sign us ladies. And there's nothing wrong with having a man back you. You're still a businesswoman. You're still doing everything you need to do. But I think that if women aren't willing to have like your back, a woman isn't looking out for you, like we're not holding each other up the way we should, then fellas like... <laughs> oh, and, I, mean, and, I mean, traditionally men have had more money, right? Yeah. Women have been economically depressed. So... You have to go where the money is. And sometimes I have a, like a conflict with myself. I'm like, you know, do I want to be backed by like all these white men? But at the end of the day, if no one else is going to help back me, I have to take it because I've reached yeah. out to women and I've never had help from a woman. Not once. Yeah. And, you know, that's not to say that there aren't women out there who are willing to help and who want to help other women be successful in business, especially in the cannabis business. We're just saying that, you know, those women are few and far. Exactly. Yeah. I, would know. Yeah. I know that there are women that help other women a hundred percent. I haven't found them. I'd love to find them. I'd love to work with them. But yeah, unfortunately, thus far, it's just me and, you know, men. And that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that's enough. And until, you know, if this company blows up and we become really successful, I can't wait to bring other people up with me and to help other people with their companies and to help other people be successful because there are so many smart people out there that just don't have the access to ideas and mentorship and capital. And there's this whole like, oh, we run a startup, but like, no, you run a business. If you come from like San Francisco and you're starting a business, you call it a startup. You know, if you come from somewhere else and you're like starting a plumbing company, you call it a business. And it's so crazy because there are so many ideas that are so great that are just business ideas that don't go funded just because they don't have the connections and the access to capital or the network. Yeah, you're so right. With social media, gift and curse of social media. I mean, the curse is obviously people are addicted to their phones. Oh, and yeah. They're out of touch and they're not really connecting with people in real life. But the gift of social media is it does connect you with people that you otherwise would not even know existed who could help you and your business could help you if your ideas could contribute in some way. And that's kind of the beauty of social media, right? Is that you're able to connect with like-minded individuals who may not be in your immediate community. And that can be a gift to an entrepreneur, especially someone starting out and trying to figure out like, what should I do? And if you don't have the cash and there's so many Facebook groups of like women entrepreneurs who are just helping each other and giving tips and ideas. And that's kind of, you know, a start. Does it like balance out the many inequities as far as like not having enough money and like access and people who are privileged and have like daddy bankrolling everything? I mean, no. (laughs) Exactly. And also, I mean, just in general, like social media disgusts me. I hate what we've done to our society. And it's made us like this need for instant gratification everywhere. But at the same time, I owe my entire business to social media because we can't market as a hemp. I can't go on Google ads. I can't do traditional marketing. Like I have to be so grateful every day for the fact that we've had social media because If you are good, if you do have a good product, if you are a good voice, if you have some type of talent, you have access to people a lot more quickly than you would if we didn't have social media. Yeah. So it's not not the great equalizer, but it has, I think, been helpful for people that actually do have talent get recognized. Right. And I guess talk about that a little bit, because a lot of people may not know 
that cannabis companies, they cannot advertise using traditional methods that other companies can use using Google ads, using Facebook or Instagram ads or something like that. So like, how do you do that? And also, I guess, talk about a little bit why cannabis companies can't do that. Yeah. So because of federal regulations and because hemp is so closely aligned with cannabis or can be misidentified as cannabis, you cannot use Facebook ads. You can't use Instagram ads. You can't use... Actually, my co-founder, his girlfriend at the time, she worked at Facebook and we actually got her account shut down because when you work at Facebook, you get like free money towards ads every month. Oh, that's along cool. With, like, along with like a million other you know benefits of working <laughs> at a company like that. But we used her ads account and it got shut down because, you know, it just gets misidentified and they don't allow it. There are no traditional means of getting your product out there, you know, besides the distribution channels, which are completely flawed against people that have a lot of money and throw a lot of money into distribution. So we had to use social media. And because we had a good product, we got recognized really quickly. And I think this can go for anything. It can go for like an e-commerce product, it can go if you know, you're a good singer, or like you have a great personality like yourself, you get like picked up quickly, right? You get followers, people see that you have something, some potential, and they follow you very quickly for that. So we had to use all of our social media to get the word out about our product. Um, There was no other way to do it. You can choose to do distribution, but that whole model, like I said, is completely flawed. You have to mark up your product, you have to give away, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of free product to all of these like places to get in there to buy up shelf space. So we had to use social media and I'm, oh, I need to go in for my computer, but I'm fortunate every day that we had it. Yeah. And I guess like people don't realize like that it sucks because it's more work, right? It's more work to like get on social media and like (laughs) create these posts and hope that you get traction and hope that people recognize your your brand and your product when it's saturated. Like social media is so saturated with so many companies and influencers and brands and products and things of that sort. But it's like, okay, if I have a good product and I present it in the right light and I'm honest, then people will eventually find it and follow it. And it's kind of like, the luck of the draw, maybe people will find it, maybe they won't, but it's that organic growth that ultimately pays off in the end because you didn't pay for a follower, you didn't pay for any ads. And so everything is 100% organic, which there's like a slight blessing in that because then you know that like this audience is 100% here for your brand. Which is kind yeah, of it's like a little bit equalizing. I'm, I won't say 100% equalizing because a lot of Instagram started, right? So like you could just watch rich people be rich. Like they're like on, on their yachts and like yeah. the original influencers <laughs> were just like getting even more followers and becoming even more rich just because we're watching their rich lives. That was the original start of it. But then more people started coming in with more voices and more opinions and different products. And I think that it's a better way to equalize the market where you don't have to spend money and you can get recognized. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I want to chat a little bit more about, because I was speaking with one of your colleagues and she was saying how she's in Central America right now trying to educate people there about CBD. You know, in that conversation, I was just like, well, I didn't really think about the fact that in other countries, people don't really know about like the benefits of CBD or the benefits of cannabis period. Because, you know, if you think about states like Mississippi or Louisiana or I don't know, like Southern states or Eastern cities, you know, in America, obviously there's stigma attached to cannabis, hemp, CBD. They don't know the difference between CBD and THC. It's all bad. 
And so it's like, well, in other countries, oh my gosh, like the stigma must be even heavier and the lack of education is probably way, like there are probably even more disparities than here in the States. So how did you kind of come about like that realization? So we're obviously looking at distribution in other countries. Um, It's really hard for me. Like I've been trying to find someone that would even just look up the laws for me, which is a full-time job. And like no one, I even put like a thing on Upwork, like, hey, I'll pay you to look up the laws for me in other countries so that, you know, I'm not doing anything illegally. No one even wants to deal with that, which is interesting to me. But when I went to Japan, so Japan actually legalized CBD, I think like last year, the prime minister's wife was part of that. He actually has the prime minister, I think had like a stomach condition or something. And they legalized CBD, but it has to be 0% THC. Now in Japan and a lot of Asian countries, if you're caught with weed, traditional cannabis, it's five years automatically in prison. Damn. Yeah. So there is such a stigma about this. So I went to Japan uh, last year, last October, and I met up with my friend. We went to school for public policy together. So I knew that he would be able to read the regulations for me to try to figure out how we could do distribution there. Because you have to go through a lot of jumps and hoops. Like to get distribution in another country, especially when you don't speak the language, is really hard. So I was like, hey, can you just read the regulations to me and let me know what I need to do? He wouldn't even talk about it with me. What? He was like, if anybody thinks that we're talking about weed instead of CBD, I can be arrested. Wow. Like that is how crazy it is in some countries. And in some other countries, I think like, Switzerland, I mean, you can get CBD with like up to 1% THC. So it really varies across the board as far as like different countries. It's the same as it is with marijuana, except for CBD. It's like, you know, you're not even getting high. Like it's literally an oil that you're taking that has this medicinal component. And there's just still so much like misinformation and stigma and People just aren't educated enough about it. And it's really crazy. Yeah. And just because like we have our own issues here in the U.S., but people fail to realize that this is kind of like a global conversation that needs to be had in other countries. I mean, there are countries like Canada, right, who are like light years ahead of the U.S., but then there are other countries that are like light years behind even the U.S. And so... Yeah, yeah. We ship to Canada and we ship to a lot of other countries. Um, I think the difference in the US is that like the laws aren't applied equally. So they arrest people based on like race or all of these other things for either selling marijuana or having marijuana. And then now that they're legalizing it, all the people that are benefiting from the legalization tend to be white people and white men in most cases, while the people who have been arrested for it have been people of color and poor people that can't afford to get themselves out and explain their case. Where in these other countries, I think it's just more broadly, like, there's just no education. It's like illegal or like in Japan, it's probably like, hey, five years. So I think that each country struggles with different problems surrounding traditional cannabis and CBD. Yeah. And it's a conversation that hopefully as time goes on, will evolve and people will, you know, come to their senses and realize it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I really hope so. We're hoping, you know, to get distribution in almost every country, any country that we can, we're trying to get distribution in right now. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think, like, what's the future of this industry? Like, what do you see happening in like the next five I mean, I to can 10 tell you what's years gonna happen in the next year i mean just in the u.s alone 
There are a few things. So when I jumped in to start selling flour and CBD, it was to solve a problem, right? Like the problem was it was overpriced. Um, People were like doing all sorts of arbitrage to like make money in this market. And now you've got every single state growing hemp and everyone's trying to make money off of it. So what's going to happen is it's going to severely depress the price, which is great for consumers because there is going to be so much hemp flooding the market that you know, what we were selling it at, which was cheaper than anyone will hopefully one day become the norm. Like this would, this will be cheap everywhere just because of supply and demand. Um, it's going to suck for the farmers because everyone's jumping in thinking they're going to make all of this money. And it's like, yeah, but like there's too many people in the market. This is the same thing that happened with THC and a lot of places up here in Oregon too. It's like everyone just wants to make money and they want to jump in and then they depress the prices for everyone. So for consumers, you're going to see the price of CBD drop dramatically. Um, You're going to have to be careful because there are a lot of bad actors in this market. There are people that fake test results and, you know, you don't know what's what you're actually getting. You don't know. They can say there's 20 milligrams of CBD and it could be five. It could be a hundred, you know, the same things that happen with the supplements industry in general. I think the FDA is really going to try to work hard on that um, with, doing regulations for CBD, which again might offset the prices because regulations are going to increase the cost of things, but they are necessary. Um, And then the second thing is people are going to start doing other cannabinoids, which we're actually doing today. We're starting to sell CBG on our website in a few hours here, which is a different cannabinoid, which, you know, targets other ailments in your body. I think next year you're going to see maybe like some CBN or some other cannabinoids, and they're just going to start doing all different sorts in the next couple of years. Really quickly, for people who may not know, what's the difference between CBD, CBN, CBG, THC? (laughs) So THC is the traditional part of the plant that gives you that like psychoactive high feeling. The rest of the cannabinoids you can say are like the medicinal component, right? So like CBD, it's said to provide this sense of calm and it's supposed to help with autoimmune diseases. The same with CBG, you know, some people and some studies have shown that it helps with like stomach issues and anti-convulsatory. So all of the anti-inflammatory, the same as CBD, CBN has like a whole nother host of ailments that it's supposed to target. So each cannabinoid is supposed to target a different ailment. And I think that we're going to start seeing more research, which is going to be really good for the industry because, you know, it was technically illegal before nobody could really research the benefits of it, ethically at least. So I think now that there's one, what is it, epidoil? Something that the FDA allowed. Yeah, yeah. So so now that the FDA has an actual drug, they're going to start doing trials and start seeing that it actually helps people or hopefully they'll start seeing this so we can actually start saying that it does X, Y, Z instead of getting in trouble by the FDA. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot more research on it. Which is good because even with everything happening right now, like the vape pens on the illegal vape pens, like you said, they're bad, bad actors. More people are saying like, oh, we can make money off of this. Let's do it. Like, no one's going to be the wiser. You know, this isn't really regulated like that. Or even the black market still exists. So it makes it harder to find quality products. So what would you say to someone who's in a legal state and an illegal state? Like, how should they vet the products that they're looking at or trying to buy? So for CBD, I think you'll be okay. I mean, most states are legal for CBD um, and you can buy it online. I think like Idaho and a few other states I wouldn't ship to because of their regulations. But um, test results are a big one. And then you can't always trust test results. What I really don't trust are edibles. 
just because it's really hard. And this is the same with supplements. Now, I still take supplements myself. But with something like CBD, if you think it actually affects your system, it's really hard to get correct dosing in like each individual thing. So if you're like taking a gummy or something like that, that's where you're going to start seeing like the most discrepancies in how much you're actually dosing. So for a lot of those things, and in a lot in this industry, people white label products. So they're not making it in-house. They're buying it from someone else that makes it. You might be buying it from someone else that makes it. And by the time they get it, they're not testing it. So a lot of times you just really want to make sure that that company has third-party test results and that they're test results for that company. So we have a lab right down the street. Every time we get new flour, we take it down to the lab and we get it tested. I never trust someone else's tests. So what happens is I'll buy flour from someone and they'll give me a test. I'll always get it tested myself too, because that's a good way to see like, okay, Mm -hmm. you can't just trust what someone else has. They could have stolen someone's test. They could just like be telling you this. I'll always get it tested myself. And how do you know it's been, we'll we'll say it's, this has been third party tested, like on the website or on the packaging. How do you find that information? So for us, we put a test with every strain that we put online. And then we are now OLCC certified in Oregon. So when we start going out to distribute, they have to actually come out and test your product. So the stuff that you get in dispensaries is always pretty safe because there are like a ton of regulations on it. Like it has to go through all of these things before it actually goes into a dispensary. The stuff that you find in maybe a grocery store, I don't know if it has to go through those same regulations. Right. Because I mean, there are a lot of uh, CBD, you know, alleged CBD products that are on the yeah, shelf of CVS yeah. and, you know, a lot of these drugstores. And it's like, how can you trust that? I mean, yeah, it's CVS. It's a brand you trust. They don't have to go through regulations before they go into those stores. Now, if you go into a cannabis dispensary, like we're getting into some dispensaries here this week in Oregon, we have to go through a ton of testing before we're in their dispensary. Like they're, they come out and actually test it. They don't even trust our test results. They test it before we put it in a dispensary. Why are dispensaries like so much harder than to get into than say like a CVS or like, why is there, why are there so many more roles? It's probably that they don't want to lose their license. Um, And it's just the way that they're set up. They're going to be set up the same way as they are with cannabis and they treat hemp the same exact way. That's what increases the price too, right? In the dispensaries, you have to do all this extra testing. And every time you test something, it costs money. And then that adds to the price of the product. But yeah, before you put it in a dispensary, they test it. They don't always test it before they put it into a store. Interesting. So I didn't know that. So that's really good to know, Um, especially for people at home, you know, who are wondering, like, how do I know? (laughs) Yeah, it's just like supplements. I mean, they had that whole controversy with the FDA and supplements because there is no one tests them before they get put on shelves in a store. And they were like seeing 3000 milligrams of like vitamin C or something per pill or no vitamin C per pill. So you have to be really careful. Like these water companies that are like, oh, we have CBD in the water. It's like, do you? People have been testing it and like seeing now testing can vary, right? Because you can test like one bud and it can come in a little different than another bud within like a few percentage points, but they just don't need testing to get into like a CBS. So interesting. That's so fascinating. I didn't even know that. So what about folks in illegal states? Like, and, and they're looking online to say order CBD and they come across like your brand's website or other brands. Like, what are they looking for? You said they're obviously your company, you have the testing, you said on your website. So 
Yeah, we have the testing on our website. So you can just like click on a strain and see. And a lot of times people want like pesticide testing and heavy metal testing and all of that. And we put as much as we can, but we get a lot of stuff from the same farmer who uses the same pesticides on the same farm. But at the same time, like every single time you test something, the testing is incredibly expensive for these things. I mean, they charge you hundreds of dollars all the time to test everything. And it's just, it's really crazy. But yeah, so there's like pesticide testing, there's heavy metal testing, there's potency testing. There are all different types of tests that you can look for online. And for people, say you are in like, you know, Idaho. I don't know, Alabama. Yeah, Idaho, or Idaho, Idaho or we or wouldn't something. even ship to because we wouldn't want anyone to get in trouble. Alabama, I don't know for sure the regulations in Alabama. Someone on our website would know that. But um, they, are you concerned like they might get arrested? Is that what you're worried about? Oh, I'm just worried like if they're trying to like discern like what should I buy? You know, like what's safe for me considering that they don't have a dispensary that they can go to. They want to buy something. They want to make sure it's less than 0.03% THC Delta 9. And so that's what most of the strains right now will be. Now, I think in a few months, they're trying to change the regulations to make it total THC 0.3%. And right now, most of the strains are just way hotter than that total THC because it adds up. But right now, they want to make sure if you look at anyone's test, it says Delta 9 is less than 0.3%. Got it. Okay, so that's for the folks in illegal yeah. states. Less than 0.3% Delta 9. Take note of that, guys. <laughs> I I just feel like you have so much information. You just know all the things. But, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I just want to ask you, like, what's next with Plain Jane? Um, what's coming up with you guys? Yeah, so we are trying to get into distribution right now. We're trying to get into all of those stores that don't test anything. But really, I just want to be a brand that's next to tobacco. So there are two things I want to do. I want to make sure that we're competitive with tobacco. So I want to like be right next to tobacco on the shelves as an option for people instead of smoking tobacco or having a vape nicotine product. Um, we're trying to get distribution in those stores. And then we are getting a ton of new strains online. Harvest is happening right now. And hopefully the prices will be coming down from farmers. And then we're going to pass those savings off to all of our customers. But yeah, we have CBG. We'll have a ton of new strains coming up in the next like two weeks. That's all really, really exciting. And you know, I kind of, I really like the idea of having like a hemp product right next to the tobacco products to give people options. You know, if you just feel like you just have to smoke something, I would rather you smoke anything other than something, a tobacco product with nicotine. That's so incredibly addictive, you know. I mean, and don't get me wrong, smoking in general, like I don't advise anyone to smoke, but the the bioavailability of CBD when you smoke it versus when you take it as an edible is so much greater. I personally don't love smoking, but I smoke our products because I know that I'm getting more CBD and more benefits when I smoke it versus when I take like an oil or some type of edible. I mean, I do both, but I know that like just the bioavailability you could be taking an oil that says 100 milligrams and your body's only absorbing like 20 to 30 milligrams of that. Where when you're, why is that? It's just when you're smoking it, it goes directly into your stream versus when you're taking an edible, it has to digest it, go through all of these other organs before it's actually like, absor- like goes into your system. Which is why it takes longer to take effect. Exactly. Like when you take an edible, that's why it takes like three hours and you never, I can't take THC edibles because I never know when it's going to hit me, how it's going to hit me. But it's the same way for CBD, right? Like you just don't know how much you're going to get in your system versus when you're smoking, 
you're like, okay, I'm, I think I'm pretty good right, right now. Maybe I'll take like another hit if I'm not. Right. And I think that's like why I lean towards smoking or vaping or dabbing even is because, you know, and I was talking to a woman the other day and she was saying she likes to dab her CBD. Like she'll take like, um, she has like a CBD powder and she'll like dip her concentrate, like her wax that she's dabbing in the CBD and then dab it. And she's like, it's instant. It's, It's much more, you know, and for a busy person you're busy or you're a parent like who has time to wait three hours or two hours for something to I mean sometimes you do but maybe you're in immediate pain and you need something like right now or you have kids and for me like I can't wait two hours or three hours and be like oh yeah I'm just waiting no I like especially if it's THC I'm just not gonna yeah, do that exactly. or, you, not responsible. or you're like I don't want to be high in three hours like I right. do. yeah um, we actually do we're doing concentrates now so we have CBD shatter that you can dab we have like an isolate awesome. based shatter and then a full spectrum shatter but yeah we're getting into concentrates more now and joints and like other you know basically any product that you get with traditional THC we're doing now with CBD And I think that's wonderful because people need like options because everyone lives like different lifestyles. They have different preferences. So it's important to be able to kind of cater to that in a way um, with CBD products because some people don't use THC that much. Like they prefer CBD and that's fine. But THC, there's so many different ways to consume it with CBD you're kind of limited so I I love that you have shatter I actually might try that Um, (laughs) that sounds pretty awesome but yeah I really enjoyed speaking with you today I'm so happy you took out the time and that we connected and I think that my audience they're gonna love this episode and lots to learn (laughs) definitely Well, you know what? If anybody on the episode wants like a free sample, we always have little two packs that we can give them to try before anyone wants to invest in like a 20 count of cigarettes or something else. We have these little two counts that people can try. We'll send them out to them for free and then they can decide if it's a product they want to use or not. Which I love that because it's like, eh, I think I, I, I want, I'm not sure. Eh, but it's like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know, you can actually buy this on the internet. It can get shipped to your house. It's a game changer for sure. And the prices are not a joke, guys. (laughs) They're not. So I think what you're doing is just so great. And you're changing the game right now. And hopefully more companies follow suit. Like, I want you to have competition. (laughs) I want more people to see that, like, this is something like it's not all about, like you said, like the $100 CBD oil and like the high end. I mean, that's cute. That's great but not that doesn't you know that's not the average joe and jane they're not they can't afford that that's a luxury item and there's exactly there's a place for that stuff high-end things people will always that's always going to be there you know the one percent they love that but majority of people but there are there's only one percent of those people so the other 99 (laughs) percent Let's say like 60% because, you know, even like middle class people think that just because they're spending more, they're getting something better when Snope, it's the same exact CBD, same plant. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I just love that you're kind of coming in and saying like, no, like that's not for me. Like that's not us. That's not my company. And I see everyone else and I see that there's a need for an affordable but effective and quality 
products out here on the market. And I mean, the packaging is cute. So everything, you. it, it, you know, you're not compromising. You know, yeah. I, I, people go for these luxury high-end brands because they're so aesthetically pleasing, but you can get that and you don't have to pay, you know, a, a premium coin exactly. for it. So Our products aren't for everyone. Like if someone thinks that they're getting this like super high-end premium crazy product and then they get ours and they're, they pay $12.99 for like 1,500 <laughs> milligrams and they don't like it. I'm like, that's fine. That's not for you. I'm making it for like all of these other people. You can stick to what you buy and let the people that appreciate our products stick to ours. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic on that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for chatting with me. Is there like if people want to reach you or find out more about Plain Jane, like what's the best way for them to do that? So our website is tryplainjane.com. It's T-R-Y. And our Instagram is at tryplainjane. And I think that you guys are going to love it. I stumbled across your Instagram page and I was just like, I have to follow them. This looks so interesting and so cool. And then I like went on the website and I was like, wait, these prices, they can't be real. (laughs) So thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Um, This has been wonderful. It's been a great conversation. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I had such a great time chatting with Lindsay. She's just so fucking smart. She's just keeping it all the way real, which is what it's all about on this podcast. Like if you're if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you don't like bullshit. And you know, like she didn't strike me as a bullshitter. She's playing pretty straight. You know, <laughs> some people like you ask them a question and they kind of dance in circles around it. And for me, that's just so irritating because it's like, how can I relate to you? Like, how can I like you? Like, how are you likable? And some people don't really care if you like them, especially if they have money. It's like, why do I need friends (laughs) or whatever? Like, I'm already good. So, you know, whatever. But she's definitely not one of those people. I actually will be trying some Plain Jane products very soon on Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page. So stay tuned for that. And I'll let you know how. I like it, but I do like Lindsay and I love the brand and everything it stands for. The price point is awesome. It looks good. Like aesthetically, it's pleasing. So she's on the right path, man. And I hope that more companies follow suit or more companies start popping up that are doing something similar because it's great to have options too. And she's opening up a lane. And in that way, I think she's being a, a real trailblazer. But aside from that, she's just a dope ass woman. And those are the kind of people that I want you guys to know are out there and are doing the damn thing in the cannabis industry. That's what my platform is for. I want to share the mic with women and cannabis and women who consume cannabis. And just so people can know it's not just me, (laughs) you know, I mean, I know that I'm pretty fucking great (laughs) to toot my own horn. And you guys love hearing me talk shit and, you know, do my stuff and do my thing. (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah man I mean I like for you guys to hear about all the women that I like am in awe of and who I admire and who I think are you know worth your time and who are going to you know impart some sort of information on you that maybe you didn't have before maybe you didn't think about before so and that way I'm very happy so definitely follow Plain Jane on Instagram at try Plain Jane or go to their website at tryplainjane.com to find out more information. 
if you like this episode or you want to share it with a friend, that would be pretty cool. Feel free to subscribe. Blunt Boy Mama podcast is available on all platforms. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts because those are much appreciated and welcomed. Those help other people find the podcast. I think, you know, Apple is like really, I don't know, it's funny. So the more reviews I get, the more eyeballs I can possibly get on this. It'll help other women know that they're not alone, that like there are other women out there who are just like you, who are regular and have regular lives and pay their taxes and are just good law abiding citizens. There's nice people who are responsible with their cannabis use and you're not alone. You know, there are other people out there just like you. And I want as many women and parents as possible to find this so that they know that like you're not alone. There's a whole tribe of us out there, bro. (laughs) We got you. So yeah, if you want to hear or know or see more about Blunt Boy Mama, you can always follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram at Blunt Boy Mama. You can follow Blunt Boy Mama on Twitter. You can like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook. Or if you ever have any questions, shout outs or anything in between, feel free to shoot me an email at bluntboymama at gmail.com. I promise you I'll reply to that much more sooner than I will DM. Sometimes I just get inundated with so many DMs on Instagram and I try to get back to them. It just may be like a month later because <laughs> it's just me. You know, it's just me answering all your messages and I do answer all your messages. I see them. I try to see <sighs> as many of them as I can. I'm getting kind of behind on them now so it can be overwhelming. But, you know, that's not a bad problem to have. I love hearing from you guys and trying to answer your questions. And sometimes I'll just take a question and answer it on the podcast. Also, speaking of answering questions on the podcast, I have another episode coming very soon with Kira from Cannabis and Parenthood, the Cannabis and Parenthood blog, the Cannabis and Parenthood page on Instagram. Yeah, y'all, you guys love that episode. Y'all really lived for it. So because you love this so much, I am having her back on the podcast and we are going to basically do a stoner mail episode together. We got a whole bunch of questions that were in our dms and we're going to answer them together on podcasts so stay tuned for that that will be coming very soon maybe by the end of the month we'll see i'm not sure but um yeah so stay tuned for that and like i said i got that blunt blowing mama merch for (laughs) y'all you can click the link on the blunt blowing mama instagram page to find out more information information to buy some i hope to see y'all rocking it please tag hashtag bbm merch for me to feature you on blunt boy mama's instagram page and for me to just feel like yay look at you look at us we out here (laughs) throw your hood up Oh man, so that's pretty much all I have. You know, I've done my little spiel. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yay! Like, subscribe, review. Yay! <laughs> that's all I got for y'all, though, man. Until, oh, oops, ooh, ooh, I forgot. One more thing, one more thing. Oh man, I'm so high, y'all. Oof, I'm high. Okay. <laughs> this XJ13, though, what a strain. Basically, I do more episodes a month than you guys think I do because 
Blunt Blind Mama patrons are able to get up to three exclusive extra episodes a month of the podcast that only they get to hear. Yeah, exclusive. So if that sounds like something you would like, or if you're really loving this podcast, but you're like, man, I wish I could hear more episodes, then you just sign up to be a patron. You can do that by clicking the link in the bio of Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page. But you could also just go to bluntboymama.com backslash podcast and once you get on that page you'll see all the episodes i've ever recorded <laughs> of blunt blowing mama podcast but you'll also see a link at the top of the page that says click here to become a blunt blowing mama patron and you do that and you'll see i have quite a few tiers and all those tiers you're entitled to different things you can get just one extra episode a month you can get two or you can get three and the top top tier will be getting some brand new merch sent to them because I think I say you have to like be in that tier for like three consecutive months and I think that you guys are coming up on that three month mark so you will be getting some free blunt blowing mama merch <laughs> sent your way very soon so i mean there's a lot of there are a lot of fun reasons and perks to being a blunt blowing mama patron but aside from all that you get to support me and help me continue doing what i'm doing and bringing more episodes of this podcast to you because this is not a free venture <laughs> this podcast costs me a lot of money monthly so any help and support would be greatly appreciated. I ain't rich. I ain't got no rich daddy bankrolling me. <laughs> I'm bankrolling me <laughs> with all my little pennies that I can scrape together. But while also still trying to bring to you guys a quality podcast because I care about that. And I want you guys to, you know, not feel like your ears are bleeding every time you listen to an episode. <laughs> So, yeah, I appreciate your support and thank you so much for listening. And y'all have a dope rest of your day, okay? I really appreciate you, okay? <laughs> Me and my voices, man. I don't know why I be doing that shit. <laughs> Whew, I'm so high. It's a great feeling. I kind of want to take a nap. I don't even know why. <laughs> I hope you guys are feeling good right now at home or in your car or at work, wherever you're at, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, <laughs> wherever you're at listening to this episode. I hope that whatever you smoked on during our smoke sesh has kicked in and you're like just feeling it like you're just chilling, like living life because that's I feel like what cannabis does for me. It helps me live my fucking life. Yeah, man. All right, enough of my philosophical shit. Don't let me do it. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys go. Until next time. Bye.